Hi there! Welcome to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hello! My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today we have a very relaxing and calm episode. <laughs> I guess. I guess the topic is fairly relaxing. Kind of chill. This is clouds and sky. Yeah, I definitely think it is pretty relaxing. You know, when you think about it, I feel like a lot of the connotations that video games try to conjure up when they feature either a level that takes place in the sky or even sometimes an entire world that takes place in the sky, you feel that sort of relaxing nature of being up in the clouds and soaring. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about that when we were talking about, you know, like the Gradius games and how uh, compositionally some of those are meant to give you the feeling of like flight. But I feel a lot of times um in many video games bonus stages or certain levels take place in the sky and they typically try to create that similar connotation yeah i would say there's a little bit less consistency and cohesion to sky music as there is to maybe something like forest music or desert music or fire music Uh, i know we talked a lot about that we've had all those topics before and Sometimes I feel like composers won't really necessarily make an attempt to make something sound like it's, you know, taking place in the sky. Uh, there's definitely a lot of really high-energy rocking music uh, that we're going to have today, but there is some nice calming and relaxing stuff. Like what you just heard there, that was from Super Mario Sunshine. That track is called Sky and Sea, and that game was composed by Koji Kondo and Shinobu Tanaka. Very underrated game and soundtrack. Yeah, that track in particular is one of my favorites. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, it f- It's featured in a part of the game, sort of a secret level, where you have to collect eight red coins on this giant uh, bird called the sand bird because it's sort of it sort of falls apart as you walk on different parts of it and it turns around. It's a very tricky part of the game and it's underscored by this very cheery but very relaxing music. I do have to say that is probably maybe the most relaxing piece today. So so don't get your hopes up, people. I mean, there are going to be some high energy, uh, you know, kind of quintessential video game tracks here. But yeah, this should just be a, a really solid playlist. I mean, really, in my opinion, I think some of the most classic best video game music of all time is going to be featured on today's episode so yeah just a stellar playlist today let's get things started here this is from kirby's dreamland the first game in this series it came out for the game boy let's take a listen to a track called bubbly clouds and this was composed by john ishikawa this piece is so much fun enjoy Bubbly Clouds from Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy, composed by Johnny Shikawa, the Kirby composer. And yeah, this is definitely a very 
it's relaxing in the nature. It is calming. I mean, it has a, a fairly kind of frantic drum beat to it, but it's very happy music. It's it's not too intense. It's something that I think fits really well for the sky, and I think would really put me in a good mood when right. I'm playing this level. Well, there's definitely a sense of magic and wonderment yes. to some of these sky levels because. Uh, it's not just sort of like conventional means of being in the sky. It's always like they're running along. You're running along on clouds and flying on stars. And right. It's very sort of magical and surreal, but they do have that sort of uh, relaxing, peaceful nature to it because you know you look up at the sky and it's just such a beautiful scenery. And a lot of times that sort of visual sensibility works its way into the whole aesthetic of the levels and also the music. If anyone out there knows the answer to this, I wonder what is the first video game you think that, it would have been cool to research this, that features a sky level? Features a level where you're actually like walking on clouds. Like do you think maybe the probably Atari? Mario. Mario, you think? I think it's probably Super yeah. Mario Brothers. Definitely the most well-known first game to feature the sky like that. Well, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of games before it had really complicated locations like that. I mean, if you're going back to the Atari, you really kind of had to use your imagination for most <laughs> of it. What does this green dot mean? <laughs> yeah. What does this red square signify? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, this, I'm just, I gotta say, I'm really excited uh, to get to all these tracks. There's some, oh, there's some really good ones coming up for you guys. Uh, this is cool. We're going to now move on to a game for the Sega Saturn called Panzer Dragoon. Now, this is really cool. This definitely, this entire game, this entire series is a sky-themed game. Panzer Dragoon is a flying game. I believe it's on rail, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the whole, the entire game takes place in the sky for the most part. We're going to play a track called Flight, and this was composed by Yoshitaki. Azuma. Enjoy. beautiful piece of music is called Flight, and it's from the Sega Saturn game Panzer Dragoon, and this was composed by Yoshitaki Azuma. This is a beautiful piece. One of the things I love about the Sega Saturn era of video game music is you're getting some really ambitious composers that were excited to use the full orchestra. Some of the very first games to ever utilize the orchestra were on this system. I know that the game The Lost World actually holds the record for the very first video game to use an orchestra, and that was actually Michael Giacchino, if you remember, he did that. That came out for the Saturn as well, which... 
This is just a gorgeous melody. Uh, it, very fitting for the sky theme. It's absolutely, uh, no pun intended, uh, it's very soaring. You know, Ooh, the melody, yeah. it just has those lush, sustained tones. It moves at a very leisurely pace, which is perfect for this kind of music. But also, uh, there's a few little techniques that I feel like I've kind of noticed in a lot of these orchestral sort of sky themes. I know in, like, uh, Skyward Sword, they use some of these techniques. And even in, like, Laputa, Castle in the Sky, or any sort mm. of orchestral thing that's trying to evoke that. I guess even if we're talking about um, on, like, that... Gradius soundtrack that had that orchestral element or that piano element to oh, it. Oh, right, right, yeah, for the ending theme. Yeah, right. no, we aren't going to play any Gradius tracks for you guys today. I think one of the reasons we're not doing too many shooters, now, I guess you could say pretty much any space shooter or, you know, militaristic shooter could fit in today's episode, but we've played so much of that. I feel like personally lately, you know, the Konami episode, we had a lot of shooters and stuff, right. so... But mainly what I'm saying is that uh, some of those themes that I've noticed are uh, you'll have sort of a slide up to a really high pitch and yes, or you'll have um, sort of quick falls. Or, yeah, this you know, piece like has something's both of those. falling, like you can hear like gravity pulling the notes down. There's sort That's of a lot so of great. musical effects and painting, and y you hear a lot of color and texture. Now, a question I have, maybe it's an interesting point of discussion, because um, obviously, you know, we're both composers as well, is do you think that was always purposeful and 100% intentional, or do you think that was subconsciously in the back of Azuma's head when he was composing this, and he knew he was writing a theme that would take place in the sky, or do you think he purposely sat down, you know what I want to do is I really want to try to evoke like how intentional do you think that stuff is I think it's all intentional I mean I don't know I feel like uh when in doubt I think most things that are done well are usually done intentionally I always just wonder Especially if, if it's if it's subconscious, though, because he obviously knew this would take place in the sky, you know? But yet, writing an orchestral piece isn't something that just kind of happens. Like, that's true. everything that's done is done very diligently and tactfully, especially one of this quality. Yeah, even if he himself wouldn't articulate it in those words, if he was sitting down to come up with a melody, he would probably be like, you know what? What's a really good thing that can evoke the sky? And maybe he just does those certain things, even if he's not always articulating that. It's just something that comes to him the inspiration of the sky location Well, because there's multiple facets of it there's the base level when we're talking about the melody being soaring and simple there's that but i think a bigger thing is when you're talking about those orchestral effects like mm -hmm. sliding into a pitch and, yeah, yeah. and you do hear that in movies in big for kind scenes of that take place well, in right the sky. even that arpeggio with um that mallet instrument that dun, 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 that's dun, so dun, true dun, 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 dun. like there there's that constant um, rising ostinato where it just gives you the sense of just wonderment and flight really like you are like soaring in the sky absolutely well yeah that was that was a great piece let's move on to pilot wing 64 this is such a fun soundtrack this was composed by a western composer by the name of dan hess and it's really cool because this soundtrack has a unique sound it doesn't sound like most of the soundtracks that would come out from this time precisely because it's from a western composer it was from someone who most likely wasn't as familiar with all of the traditions that were set forth by these japanese composers at the time so he was just kind of doing his own thing and doing what he thought would be fun for this game 
game. So a lot of these tracks are very funky and very jazzy. Uh, and we talked a little bit about how we played a track that had a Cool in the Gang influence way back on our summer episode, if you guys remember. I believe that was um, Air Glider. We're going to play a track called Skydiving. And it, once again, this is from Pilot Wing 64. This is a fun, funky track. Enjoy. <laughs> Listening to Skydiving from Pilot Wing 64, composed by Dan Hess. This is so much fun. I really like how jazzy he gets with this. It pretty much turns into a solo um, about halfway through on the clavinet, kind of a really funky clavinet sound. He's just pretty much riffing over this, but it's a great groove, really nice instrument sounds. I, I really like the chords too. It's a very major um, kind of centric chord sequence that he has here, which is very happy. It, it fits the sky in a weird way. I think what's interesting is that the musical palette that is set forth um, on Pilot Wing 64 is very fundamentally different from the original Pilot Wings. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. But I think that's sort of indicative of the game itself. It's a little bit uh, deeper of a game, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the original Pilot Wings was showing off the power of the Super Nintendo and sort of the freedom of flight. But uh, Pilot Wing 64 was a little bit more about exploring a world and a giant, beautiful landscape in 3D. So there's a little bit more of this modern, uh, energetic sensibility to it. But what I think is great about music like this is, like you mentioned, it's very soloistic and jazzy, but at the same time, it's very major-oriented. Mm -hmm. So it just feels kind of um, in this sort of neutral emotional range where it can just sort of loop and repeat over and over again and really serve as more like an underscore. I really do have to say that this is background music in, yeah, in every exactly. sense of the word. It's not intended to be just sat down and listened to. It's really something that goes well to in the background of this game. Now, I do have to say that I'm not familiar with any other soundtracks that this gentleman, Dan Hess, has worked on. This is the only soundtrack I'm aware of uh, him composing, and I think he really did a good job. And this was a very, in my opinion, I thought this was a pretty successful and popular game for the N64. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was one of the launch titles, actually, yeah. and it really helped to show off what the N64 could do. Kind of similar to Pilot Wings. I know Pilot Wings, didn't that come out in like 1990, if I'm not right. mistaken? Well, I think one thing that's cool about uh, this soundtrack also, it shows off the N64, you know, mm -hmm. because it's a very diverse soundtrack. The main theme is a little bit more peaceful and calming, and there are some pieces that are actually kind of representative of some of the music from the first Pilot Wings, but then you have something like this, which feels like completely out of left field if you're really sort of a fan of that series. 
Awesome. Well, let's move on to Mario Kart Super Circuit. This came out for the Game Boy Advance, and this is, I think, both Will and I, probably our favorite piece of music from this game. We definitely have a special place in our heart for this track. This is Sky Garden, and not just the music, but actually this particular track, like the physical racetrack, is probably my favorite track in this game. I think it's just so much fun to play. Yeah, all the pieces come together, uh, the visuals, uh, just a little um, background on this track. It's called Sky Garden, and basically it's what it sounds like you're racing in the clouds so you get these very beautiful sort of uh eggnoggy tones as far as the colors and you're racing on like clouds and jumping all over and this music is just so perfect and Mm -hmm. pretty it just perfectly fits it's incredibly catchy it's very melodic it's very positive it definitely elicits happy positive emotions that make you want to keep playing the game and make this track one of the most joyful tracks in the entire game honestly in the entire mario kart series it's just such a peaceful track let's take a listen to sky garden and this was composed by kenichi nishimaki I love that piece. This is Sky Garden from Mario Kart Super Circuit, composed by Kenichi Nishimaki. Personally, it's one of my favorite showcases of the GBA hardware. What is so unique about the GBA, because you have that combination of um, fairly compressed samples. You have a few different sample channels. Here, you're hearing some brass. You're hearing some lead channels, some bass, some drums. You also have that mixed with the Game Boy legacy channels, the square channels, which the combination is just so classic video game to me. I don't know. I just I love very, it. It's uh, very cute. It definitely feels perfect for a handheld because there's something about it. It's a little bit of just sort of like a stripped down version version of console hardware. It's, it's kid friendly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. In, in, in the best sense of that word, I would well, say. Well, I, I think something that I love about this music from Mario Kart Super Circuit is that it really puts those, I guess you could call them limitations, or rather more, it puts those quirks in a very positive light because Mm -hmm. it uses the strengths of the GBA to its advantage. For example, most of the melodies are usually that sample channel and they usually pick something sort of like a solo instrument, like a flute, that uh, you're not necessarily used to hearing that on console hardware already. So having it compressed sort of feels at home and makes it its own sort of instrument. But then you have these the sort arpeggiation. of like, yeah, these digital arpeggios. <laughs> the use of that square channel and It makes for it the feel like an great. intentional instrument choice to use sort of a synth. That's crazy. Yeah, like when I was a kid, I never once thought that, oh man, these are using like the same kind of square channels on all these tracks. Like it just, everything felt intentional everything felt like oh man this sounds so impressive i was blown away by the sounds when i was oh yeah one thing i just love about this whole game is that constant rhythmic motif of usually it's used with some sort of modulation like at the beginning and i feel like that comes from uh, um the 
first Super Mario Kart on the SNES, they have that this rhythmic sort of, motif, that yeah. rhythmic motif, and that sort of modulation. But dun, what I love dun, about dun, this dun, song dun, 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 dun. is yep. they started off with that, but they also sort of harken back to that rhythm later on with that brass instrument in a way that doesn't have that sort of darker kind of modulation to it. That's a good point. You know what? My personal favorite thing, technically, about the Game Boy Advance is something that is so unique is the way that they, how much they have to swap between different samples a bass and then a drum and then a trumpet and then a lead and then a flute. Like they're constantly switching between all these samples. And there's not one time when more than maybe two or three are playing at one time, but it feels like it's a full band that's just deciding to come in at different parts, you know? So it kind of, it's an, it's an illusion in your brain. It makes it right. feel like you have all these infinite samples, but really you only have, you know, maybe a couple that can be played at one time. Awesome. Let's move on to Final Fantasy Legend for the Game Boy. This is Sky World, and this, of course, was composed by Nobu Uematsu. Let's take a listen to Sky World. short and sweet piece of music there for the Game Boy. This is Skyworld from Final Fantasy Legend, composed by Uematsu. Yeah, no, this is a one of the pieces today that, for me, I don't necessarily get anything inherently sky-feeling about the music here. Right. Um, I, I would need to know the context of how this is used in the game. Um, all I know is that the piece is called Skyworld, you know? Well, you know, I feel like that's something interesting that you see sometimes in uh, video games. I, one example I like to bring up is in Kid Icarus, which is a game that also has sort of a sky theme. Uh, the whole general structure of that game is you start off in the underworld and you work your way up to the overworld and then eventually you're in this place called the sky world right but anyways the music doesn't always necessarily fit the names for example the overworld is much darker and tone as far as the music than the underworld which if you if you didn't play the game you might be a little confused but the thing is it sort of has to do with the levels and the sort of structure of the game so i think sometimes uh they might use it as a location but not necessarily for the reasons that other games might use it as a location yeah, no, uh, one thing I just kind of wanted to say about this piece, I don't know if any of you guys noticed this, but for me, I get so much Pokemon influence from this track. Some of the chords, some of the rhythms, it really reminds me of Pokemon music. I don't know right. about what you think, Will. Well, I think there's a, sort of a lot of uh, influence and cross-pollination between a lot of uh, RPG soundtracks. Especially if they happen to be on the Game Boy, right? Well, and Pokemon is a huge franchise for RPGs, and Final Fantasy is as well. And they obviously, I mean, it's no secret that they both sort of draw from a similar palette because they both of them sort of have a cartoonish stylized aesthetic yeah it's mainly the beginning it's a dun 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 like those chords and the rhythms are are almost identical to one of the battle themes uh, from pokemon but they're both really good 
Let's move on to Mega Man X4. I don't know if we've ever played a track from this game. I know there's a lot of people that are fans of the lighter Mega Man X games for the PlayStation. Uh, so hopefully some of you guys will, will enjoy this. It's not really a section of that particular series that we've really focused too much on. But this is a really nice piece of music. This is called Sky Lagoon, and it is the opening stage X of this Mega Man X4, and it did come out for the PS1, and it was composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, and he's a composer that worked on a lot of the previous games, uh, even back to the Super Nintendo from the series. Let's take a listen to Sky Lagoon. This is Mega Man X4 Opening Stage X, also known as Sky Lagoon. That's how we knew uh, it would fit on today's episode. This was composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, and of course this came out for the PS1. You can definitely tell those very uh, kind of classic PS1 sample sounds there. This is really one of my favorite personal uses of the PlayStation that I've heard. It definitely feels like it's carrying the torch of Mega Man X music. Doesn't it feel like you could put this into the Super Famicom, and I think it would work really well. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely couldn't say that about the rest of the series as it progresses. Mm -hmm. um, but this one in particular feels like it could really work. Can we listen to this end here? This is a pretty cool rocking end here. Let's check this out. It's nice to have an actual ending. I mean, most of the time you always have fade-outs for right. video game music. I like Interesting I like that. that it doesn't resolve back to the one. I like how the drum suspense. beat turned into kind of a punk feel, like a got, got, got. Almost like, it's like a punk slash Motown kind of a beat, isn't it? Right. Awesome. Let's move on to Little Nemo, the Dream Master, one of our favorite soundtracks uh, for Capcom. This uh, came out for the NES, and it was composed by Junko Tamiya. Let's take a listen to Cloud Ruins. <laughs> that was a piece that we could have had on our short and sweet that was oh wait no that was 20 seconds or less wasn't that episode this yeah, was, that was really short this was stuff. 29 seconds so slightly too long for that but a lot of really short pieces of music in little nemo this track is called cloud ruins and it was composed by junko tamiya this is again it's very happy it's very peaceful it's not 
quiet. It's not something that's like really soft and emotional, but it definitely fits uh, the the location, the sky. It's definitely something that would elicit happy emotions. Yeah, I really, I love uh, video game baselines. Do 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 do. That's so. Common, but it's really sort of cute and It'd be bouncy. cool to make a musical montage of all the uses of the octave bass lines in kind of a dancey context for video game music. I mean, it's just all over the place. It's probably the most common bass line in video game music is the... Other than that, I would say the... That's like the number two. Something I think is interesting, just a little thing to note, Junko Tamiya is a fantastic composer in the 8-bit era. She is phenomenal. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. Well, what I love, though, is typically she has a very present sensibility of the hardware and doing a lot of technical wizardry. But Mm -hmm. what I love about this, this is very minimal. The drum part is as simple as it could get. Um, The music is very simple. There's not really a lot of effects happening to, like, the duty cycles. Um, Like, we mentioned that bass line is very sort of primitive. But what I like is that's valid. Like, this is a really good piece of music for this game. And the whole thing is Little Nemo is... Um, sort of an archetypal little children's story. You know, it, it actually has history that dates back pretty far. So Farther think... than Finding Nemo is what you're saying. <laughs> Farther than 2003. Exactly. But what I what I think is nice is she's sort of capturing that storybook quality. Absolutely. And we're going to see that a lot today, the kind of the kid-friendly kind of music. One thing that I will say that I think is the most impressive thing about a piece like this is the fact that on paper it is so simplistic. Very simple melody. Simple chords, there is one borrowed chord, but for the most part, simple bass lines, simple rhythms. But this doesn't get old. This is very fun to listen to, and it's fun to listen to on loop for three minutes. That is what I think is so impressive, is that it's more than meets the eye. This is music that is enjoyable for a long period of time, and it doesn't need to be complex or experimental. I think that's really impressive. Let's move on to Super Mario Brothers 3. When we first thought of doing this episode, this was probably the track that first came into Will's mind and probably my mind as well. This is Mario Brothers 3, In the Clouds, composed by Koji Kondo. Now, that is the title of the Super Mario All-Stars version of the soundtrack. So we're going to start things off with the All-Stars version. And then, you know, once we fade it down and start talking, eventually we'll transition into the NES version. This is the music that you play when you go up in the clouds, kind of a bonus stage piece of music here. And I believe it is also one of the sections of Sky World, which is one of the worlds. It's not the first Sky World theme. I think there's another section in Sky World. Well, yeah, what happens just in the overworld, one thing that's cool about Mario 3, it was the first Mario game to feature sort of an interactive map overworld. Right. And you start off sort of in this seemingly small world. Yeah, this little like grassy area. And then you go in this warp pipe and boom, now this whole big world opens up and you're in the clouds and it plays that classic tune. Let's take a listen to In the Clouds. Thank you. 
just brilliant. This is In the Clouds from Super Mario Brothers 3, composed by Koji Kondo, and I always have a soft spot in my heart for this All-Stars arrangement. Uh, you may remember that Soyo Oka did the arrangements for Super Mario All-Stars. Just really great choice of instruments, really soft. There's a lot of delay in all of these instruments, so it really creates a fullness of sound. Uh, take a listen to the original NES sounds here, too. Slightly faster tempo, isn't it? Yeah, the NES is limited to the tempos it can have. It typically right. has faster tempos, especially if you compare to the All-Stars version. A lot mm -hmm. of the music in All-Stars, they slowed it down a little bit to a tempo that would have been more preferable. But again, you yeah. have to remember on the NES, uh, composers are limited to what tempos they can do. It's either really fast, medium, or really slow, you know, because you can't really get those sort of in-between tempos. Yeah, I noticed that there's a there's a game that we're currently working on the soundtrack for, and we do we have some Famitracker elements in it, and I know there's very limited tempos that, that we can use, so that's kind of something that it kind of creates a, a set of limitations that in some ways it's kind of nice to know, you know what, I only have these handful of tempos to choose from, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of kind of makes some of those decisions for you, but this really is, I don't really know how much I can say about this piece because it means so much to me, it, it's so quintessential and classic, it really is one of the most nostalgic pieces of music uh, of any video game for me. Look, I think it's just an example of Koji Kondo knocking it out of the park, doing a perfect job to score the music that is needed for that moment, and it's an example of how he makes a small part of the experience much better than it needs to be. Yes, I would say that this is the most impressive thing about the sky bonus stages in this game. When you go up in the sky, it's impressive, I would say 70% because of this music. It looks pretty nice, and it's fun, and there's coins, and it's, oh, cool, I unlocked the secret, but this music makes it feel like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome, especially in 1990, you know? So Well, it, he, he sort of puts his own stamp on the world of harmony, Koji Kondo does. Mm -hmm. Like The modulations he's doing here aren't uncommon, but he sort of utilizing it in a way that's just very much his own and it's able to be so simplistic but mm -hmm. still have such a sense of direction and again wonderment and it feels important and powerful and I, I really feel like that's something that a lot of the modern Mario games sort of miss they give the bonus levels or any of the sky things just a little too goofy of a feel like I know in the new Super Mario Brothers games when you go up into the sky they have the thing you know it, it this had such a sense of wonderment and even and on space. the NES you had that delay well I think it. it creates a sense of space um, no pun intended it creates a sense of, of time and space also musically there's so much space you'll notice there's no percussion there's no there's not a lot of things happening there's the dun 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 and then there's there's the melody and harmony that's it and it really creates a lot of space because the melody and harmony are very long sustained notes um just beautiful stuff let's move on to one of my favorite pieces today uh this is a beautiful piece this is from legend of zelda skyward sword now we had to play a track from this game because it has the word sky in the title and not only that but this particular track takes place in the sky this is called exploring the sky and as i'm told this is one of the main themes in this game is there anything yeah, you want to say well, about this what, will what sort of happens is you obviously have the main theme uh the ballad of the goddess mm -hmm. which a uh, little fun fact 
effect is Zelda's lullaby in right. reverse as far as the melody. But this is the theme of sort of how you traverse the overworld, which is you ride on your bird companion that is so cool. through the sky. It's this very beautiful scenery, and you have this rousing orchestral music. I think this is one of the best tracks in the whole game, personally. Definitely. Um, one thing that I love, love, love about this track is absolutely clear as day influence from John Williams' mm-hmm. Superman. The lowest <laughs> I theme... I was just going to say Really? That. That's cool. The lowest theme when she's yeah, flying da, with da, Superman. Da, da, it's soaring. Da, 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 it's romantic. Da, da. Lots yeah. of uh, harkening back to that soundtrack, yeah, that Superman the soundtrack. The B section here, you, I think they give the... I think the cellos and violas the melody, or maybe it's just a solo cello. I don't quite recall. Definitely, I would say the most romantic piece we're going to play today. Uh, one of my favorites. Let's well, take a listen. Well, there's sort of movements to it, you know? It, it's, right, it has right. a, quite a long form. Yeah, let's check this out. This is Exploring the Sky from Skyward Sword, and this was composed by Hajime Wakai, Shiho Fuji, Mahito Yakota, Takeshi Hama. Personally, I'm of the opinion this may be a Yakota composition. I can hear some little quirks that remind me of Galaxy, but it's anyone's guess. Here's Exploring the Sky. <laughs> It's a masterpiece. One of the best modern sky pieces of music, uh, I think, in video games. Now, Will was telling me that Mihito Yokota actually didn't compose new music for this game. He just did arrangements. So I guess I would say then if it wasn't Mihito Yokota, I guess maybe Hajim Wakai. I guess I could hear him doing this. It's hard to say, but this is a stellar piece of music. Right off the bat, that intro, the bum, 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 really good uses of the low brass. Obviously, you have those French horns, which have such a distinctive timbre and character In this section here, this is what we were talking about, right. the Lois Lane uh, flying theme. Did you guys hear that? Uh, maybe some of you kind of heard that too. This is the section we were talking about. Very romantic. Right, but the orchestration is just uh, very classy, you know. Um, it, it doesn't have a pops orchestra feel to it, like a lot of, uh, unfortunately, like a lot of melodic video mm-hmm. game music Something does. very watered down. Yeah, it feels very authentic to something like John Williams. Uh, uh, 
I dare say better than the Mario Galaxy music orchestration in that orchestration sense. wise. Yeah, it, it it's really solid, and even when the main melody comes in, it's a very um, classy use of woodwinds. You have flute, oboe doubled with first violin. Yeah, no, one thing I love about this piece is the use of contrast. The beginning section, the rousing kind of march, is so different from that romantic uh, cello mm -hmm. feature. And that's what I love, is that there's those contrasting sections right. that both evoke the sky. Well, yeah, it, absolutely. Um, I'm really glad you brought that up, because when we were talking before about a soaring melody, that very romantic B section sort of fits the bill for uh, that feature of sky music that very soaring lush thing mm -hmm. but also you have and it just feels very epic and you and also you just That's the so whole epic. visual style of this game and the sound design is really good you know everything's flapping in the wind and you just the scope is just yeah, incredible. I gotta say, other than the Mario 3 piece that we played, I think, for me, this evokes the sky more than anything. This completely mm -hmm. knocks it out of the park. I actually saw a comment on YouTube. Someone was saying that they should play this music on American Airlines, like when you're flying all the time, because it would make it so much more <laughs> Well, enjoyable. I think a funny thing, why it sounds like Superman and why I'm sure there was a clear intention to honor that music is because that Lois Lane theme, that romantic theme from Superman, is played during that climactic scene where Lois when they're flying, and Superman are flying, yeah. and the Superman theme itself has Isn't, those epic qualities. I mean, that actually of might just be called it. the flying theme. I'm not sure what the the actual name of that piece is, but yeah, it's it's obviously it was designed for that scene when they're flying. That's mm -hmm. like the first time you hear it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe this is actually uncredited John Williams track from this game. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Let's move on to Sky Shark. Now, this is a cool game because this uh, has sky in the title. This is a sky-themed game in and of itself. It's a, it's a sky shooter. Um, I believe you're, you take control of an airplane, if I'm not mistaken. But again, it came out for the NES, so you, you, know, you kind of have to use your imagination a little bit. This is Stage 1 from Sky Shark, composed by Tim Fallon. This isn't a Tim Fallon sounding track. Holy smokes. This is Sky Shark Stage 1. Of course he has to use the use of the arpeggiation 
for the NES. Uh, very kind of Tim Fallon-esque rhythms. My favorite thing about this piece is the octave portamento on the triangle bass channel. The For some reason, I feel like I don't hear it that often on the NES in that particular context. Sounds like dance music. Well, I think that's why I think a lot of music. I think a lot of video game music is uh, trying to give you the sense of sort of a different kind of instrumentation. But I think the thing that we love so much about the Fallens is that they're really sort of saying, "Well, this doesn't sound like any of those instruments. Mm-hmm. What does this sound like?" Well, it sounds a little bit like techno, and it sounds a little bit like dance music. So th- right. they really like to push it to sound more authentic to that because that's sort of a more attainable goal and they really end up getting some of the best results as far as sort of the authenticism of their music. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, if you didn't even know this was composed by Tim Fallon, I mean, when you listen to those uh, those arpeggio sounds, those really fast... Yeah, what I love is he doesn't just use that arpeggiator. He does crazy things where he switches between, like, three duty cycles, like, mm-hmm. instantaneously. So you get that... Metallic sound. Yeah, yeah. very metally... Um, a, a lot of big punch to it, you know, mm-hmm. no subtlety at all. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. This was a, a soundtrack that for some reason I didn't have a memory of when we were preparing for our Fallen episode. So yeah, cool. We didn't actually play any tracks from Sky Shark on that episode. Let's move on to Kirby's Return to Dreamland. This came out for the Wii, and this is a stellar soundtrack composed by Johnny Shikawa and Hirokazu Ando. Let's take a listen to Sky Tower. <laughs> This is Sky Tower from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, composed by Jun and Hirokazu. Really one of my personal favorite combinations of orchestral and I guess maybe techno or synth. It's just absolutely a joy. I really love all of the instrument choices. I think they're all very intentional. It wasn't because of, oh, I have to use this because we're on the Wii. We can't do this. We can't do that. I think everything's intentional, you know? But that being said, the instruments they did choose are the samples that really are conveyed the best, I feel like. Like that accordion sample. And it's just so cool that you have a techno drum beat, uh, electric or a synth bass mixed with flute, mixed with orchestral Well, I just think something that's interesting. Has there ever been a Kirby track that doesn't have a staggering tempo with an energy cranked up to 11. Like, I'm sure there is, but you know, they're just always I don't know if so played bright one. and poppy. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a shortage of high energy Kirby music. One thing I love about Return to Dreamland is the thing that blew me away is that you could take the music, sequence it, put it on the Fami Tracker, put it on the Super Nintendo, and it would be right at home. I mean, not for every track, but for a track like this, this is classic Kirby music. It feels so familiar, and when you're coming back to this world in with new graphics and, you know, new sounds, you know, really nice instruments, there's something really exciting about it. And, and I think it's the same kind of excitement that Zelda fans would feel for Skyward Sword, or Mario the, fans would feel for Galaxy. Well, I think the thing is, uh, not to bash on the Kirby music, but they've always sort of had the same sort of pool of composers, and the music has mm-hmm. never been... 
of really a high artistic level. I like the Kirby music, but I mean, it's no Mario or Zelda. It's not mm-hmm. composed with a really high level of uh, compositional prowess. So it's a little bit more easy to replicate because uh, for me, the Kirby music is more about those catchy, poppy rhythms right, right. in that high energy groove. It's very different. That's for sure. Well, I am incredibly excited, folks. It is time to move on to our track of the week. One of my favorite soundtracks of all time. This is from Mega Man 2 for the NES, composed by Takashi Tateishi. Oh my gosh, I am so in love with this music. I think most people are aware of how good this is. As far as Mega Man, I think it's maybe the most popular Mega Man soundtrack. We're going to play Air Man Stage, obviously a stage that takes place in the sky. Easy choice this week for Track of the Week. A really cool story I want to kind of briefly say before we play this track. This track was composed by Takashi Tateishi with a little bit of help collaboratively from Manami Matsume on this particular track. It's a cool story. The offices at Capcom, Takashi and Manami worked so close to each other physically. They worked really, really close proximity. So they were able to actually kind of toss things back and forth. And on this track, um, Takashi started, came out with the intro, which is so classic and legendary, started on the verse theme. I guess you could maybe call it the verse. He was stuck. He didn't know what to do. He tried some things out. It wasn't working. He gave it over to Manami and she composed about eight measures of this piece. So measures 18 to 26 are composed by Manami Matsume, and she gave it back to Takashi, and he finished out with the chorus, which is, again, one of the best pieces. Let's take a listen to Airman Stage. classic that was airman stage from mega man 2 composed by takashi Tateishi with a little bit of help from manami matsume oh my gosh one of my favorite pieces of music from this soundtrack that um, it's all about that intro section that harmonized riff is one of the most classic groovy riffs in the history of video game music that harmonized chromatic riff is just so awesome it's something that is tailor-made for two guitars to play that in harmony i've heard so many bands do it and it sounds so great i will say that i think takashi wrote the best parts about this piece this is the intro section that you're hearing right here and kind of i'll walk you through it here if you guys want to know which particular section well, i think the Manami thing is composed he, he, so this is still takashi so this is the verse right here i think the thing is uh he sort of gave her a, a challenge because he's a fantastic composer but he gave her sort of the more tricky part of the form to yeah complete. so you're, you're going to hear, coming up here, this is where Manami's contributions right here comes in. So kind of for the really fast soloistic part. 
And then right back here, it's Takashi again. Well, it serves as a good uh, little contrast to the song, because you mm -hmm. have this very solid, happy, melodic part, but, you know, Mega Man really has a rock energy to it and a rock and roll spirit, so it's important to get some of that <laughs> soloistic electric guitar playing in there, and I'm really glad that contribution is there because I think there's something that could get a little stale about really honestly the quality of that melody. Yeah, it was a really fun addition and I'm really glad it's there, but what makes me happy is that the heart of the song is still Takashi Tateshi. That intro section and the chorus are my favorite parts about this piece, but such a brilliant use of the NES hardware here, really signature vibrato and the choice of when to go to delay, when to not go to delay, when to have instrument switching. I mean, this is almost like a textbook education of, okay, how do you use the NES in a really fun way, you know? Right. Let's move on to Pilot Wings for the Super Nintendo. We're going to play a track called Rocket Belt, and this was composed by Soyo Oka. And I believe Koji Kondo did a little bit of uh, sound design for this game, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, this was composed by Soyo Oka. Let's take a listen to Rocket Belt. this track. This is Rocket Belt from Pilot Wings for the SNES, composed by Soyo Oka. One of my favorite things about it, I'm sure you guys uh, picked up on that, is that really goofy vocal sample, the wah, 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 wah. That is just so much fun. I mean, it, it kind of characterizes 16-bit music. You wouldn't really have that in later generations, but it's okay here, you know? <laughs> That's so great. It reminds me of an old keyboard. Sometimes they'd have a record feature where you could uh, record a little like two second sample mm -hmm. and then uh, the keyboard would take it and you could play it at any pitch mm -hmm. and it would use it as a sort of a little sample sequencer. Just the, the use of the, the jazz influence on the soundtrack is such a brilliant idea. And in some ways, uh, Dan has kind of continued that because there is a lot of jazz influence on his soundtrack, but it's really coming from a different place, you know. All right, let's move on to another close contender with Track of the Week this week. This is from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. This soundtrack was composed by Masato Nakamura. Let's take a listen to Sky Chase Zone. <laughs>
This is Sky Chase Zone from Sonic 2 for the Sega Genesis, composed by Masato Nakamura. Yeah, I think one thing that's so effective about this piece is the use of rhythm, the kind of the stop rhythms of the kick and bass, you know, the it creates a lot of space for the melody to, you know, soar, again, no pun intended, really soaring melody in this track. Well, I think this is uh, the best melody in the game. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Uh, yeah, like you said, very soaring, and again, we're hearing some of those musical effects that uh, repetitive arpeggio over the chords the, is something that you really get in a lot of music that's trying to evoke the feeling of flow. Yeah, that's a good point. You're talking about that bell arpeggio, right? right? Yeah, no, that's so effective. It really, it really evokes the sky feel to me. Again, I like the choice of instruments here. The bass sound is kind of a muted, softer bass sound. It's not that classic, right. harsh, kind of plucked bass sound. It does work with the kick nicely, though. It does. Because the kick has uh, so much precision and attack to Absolutely. it. That it really characterizes the bass nicely. And what's so great, you get Masato Nakamura, who obviously is a bassist, so he knows how to lock in the rhythm section. Yeah, and again, you have those really classic Masato Nakamura breaks where you have the everything stops. Like those yeah. drum fills <laughs> in that particular snare sound. Right. How many well, songs use that? It's something that's so nice, though, that just really characterizes the Sonic music is every single track in the game is still that Sonic the Hedgehog band. And yeah. you get that bass and uh, drums in every single song. So even something like this that's meant to be more peaceful and kind of serene, you still get that really kind of funky rhythm very section. Very funky, Which yeah. is very interesting to mix that funk element for the rhythms with such a bright major key-oriented lullaby well what's so great is the mix of these two soundtracks the drums are so hot in the mix they're very loud drums especially that snare so it just the groove hits you in the face and it's you can dance to this while also you know if you muted the drums you could maybe sing your baby to sleep with this song too let's move on to metroid prime 3 corruption we're gonna play sky town this was composed by kenji yamamoto minako hamano and masaru tajima please enjoy sky town Listening to Skytown from Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, composed by Kenji Yamamoto, Minako Hamano, and Masaru Tajima. Now this is a nice time to discuss kind of what we brought up last week. We had a little bit of homework for you guys to check out last week. Hopefully you guys checked out that video. I think we can now safely talk about it without spoilers. Right. So the video that we were talking about last week was this alternate ending to The Last of Us that uh, the director of the game, Neil, was unveiling. He was talking about it, and they showed footage of the actual motion capture performances. And it was kind of a joke 
this was kind of a prank that Neil played on the rest of the cast. So he actually went over to the the actress who was playing Marlene and, and told her something and didn't tell anyone else it. So she started the scene off and she started singing. Um, almost like she it was has a wonderful voice, though. Wonderful operatic voice, something out of Les Mis, and it's completely improvised. Everything she's singing, she's singing her lines in this operatic style. And Troy Baker, his reaction when she starts singing is like, what the heck is she doing? But he doesn't skip a beat. He starts singing. Well, yeah, it's so great because uh, no one told him that that was going to happen. And uh, Neil Druckmann, the director, went up to him. And he's like, no matter what happens, just like, we really just want to get one last take. So even if you're trying out things differently, just whatever just happens. Keep just keep going. Don't go stop. with it. What's so great, she starts off singing and then he starts singing in their um, improving on the spot this music to go along with the content of that scene. And they have beautiful, scene. powerful voices. Well, and even sort of like the, I mean, I'm not going to be too much of a dork here, but some of the musical ideas that they're coming up with, just um, improvisationally, are really good. And it was such a shock to me because at first, like, Carl was telling me, oh, you got to check out this alternate ending. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to see it. Like, the game's pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, to think of, like, an alternate ending. But what's so great is you're just expecting anything. But the last thing I was expecting <laughs> was for her to start <laughs> singing. But it was great. It, it made me realize that that story, I think, could be kind of told well in a musical. In a musical setting, yeah. No, that... That absolutely blew me away for so many reasons. I just think the idea of it was so cool. The fact that both of them were able to just, boom, go right into it. I think there's just, it's really impressive just on an improvisational level. Hopefully now, though, you realize why we brought it up on our podcast. Because we're a video game music podcast. I mean, that's one of our favorite video games. Yeah, we had to talk about that. So hopefully we didn't spoil anything. Hopefully you guys, if you haven't played the game, did actually... I guess we... Did we really give anything away about the ending? We really didn't. The only thing we gave away was that video. So if you didn't watch that video, it'd be a spoiler to that video. But we didn't actually talk about the ending. So play the game, though. Don't you love the part when you wake up and it's all a dream? Oh, sorry. Just kidding, folks. That's not the ending. All right, let's move on to Super Mario Galaxy 2. Composed by Mahito Yokota. Let's take a listen to Fluffy Bluff Galaxy. This is a particular stage that takes place in the sky, obviously. Please enjoy. listening to Fluffy Bluff Galaxy from Mario Galaxy 2 
composed by Mihiro Yukoda and performed by the Mario Galaxy Orchestra. Really nice flute feature there in that C section. Any of these soft kind of C section of these galaxy pieces, for me, I always hear that bleep, 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 bleep in the back of my head. I always hear that sling star sound whenever there's like a soft section in Mario Galaxy. Gosh, yeah, such wonderful orchestration for both of these games. Fantastic composition and such a command over the orchestra and how to just create these emotions using those orchestral instruments is simply wonderful. But at the same time, you retain the melodic and harmonic elements that has historically made the Mario games so appealing for like 20 years. It's just wonderful. It's like... It's the perfect evolution of Super Mario Brothers music. I gotta say, both of those things you were talking about compositionally, uh, those sky elements are in this piece. One of the things you mentioned is the kind of getting up to that high note. They use that in this piece. Also, the what you said, the the upward yeah. arpeggioed strings, like you, what you were mentioning earlier, they use that here. And uh-huh. there's something like you don't really think about it, but when you hear it, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that fits super well, you know. Well, then what's also great is it's keeping true to the palette of the Super Mario Galaxy games at the same time. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just completely tearing down the walls. And no, no, definitely, it kind of walks a nice line. It, it definitely feels like Mario Galaxy, but it also is a little bit different. That it makes sense. Okay, this takes place in the sky, even if you listen to this piece of music. It differentiates itself from the soundtrack. Let's move on to um, a Japanese title that came out for the Famicom. I'm going to try my best to pronounce this title. This is called Akamaju Special Boku Dracula Kun. Now, this was a, kind of a slight parody of Castlevania, actually. So it's a really kind of bubbly game, but it's kind of almost um, kind of making fun of maybe a little bit of Castlevania. Some of well, maybe that those name cliches. Actually, um, that Japanese name is, uh, I think, also making fun of the Japanese name of the Castlevania yes, series. Yes, 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 right. So this soundtrack was composed by Shinji Tazaka and Satako Minami. This is really one of the most bubbly pieces today. This is Hop and Step Above the Clouds. me smile this is hop and step above the clouds from akamaju special boku dracula kun for the famicom composed by shinji tasaka and satako minami i absolutely love all three sections of this piece i love how the functions of the different channels are completely different in every single section they go from harmony to arpeggiated lines that final section i love so much because every single one of those parts is so well composed the bass line is really melodic the melody is super catchy but that arpeggio line that's kind of kind of playing around the melody is just this right here it's just perfect everything about it is really well done absolutely it just once again reminds you you can go for something like um super mario galaxy with 
you know, so many instruments and such lush orchestration, and then you can go back to something on the NES, and you still get a full sense of harmonics if it's composed properly. It's just properly. crazy. I, how is that possible? It just still boggles my mind. I mean, I think one of the great techniques is uh, the use of very good sort of jazzy syncopated rhythms. Yeah. That's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. If you have a very sort of, uh, a lot of use of dotted rhythms in your melody and harmony, you can just add so much character to it. Yeah, there was a, one of the things about Mega Man 2, how we know that about the specific collaboration is there was an interview that was conducted with Minami Matsumi and Takashi Tateshi in the 90s. And one of the things that Minami said is that she thought that Takashi Tateshi really kind of established the rhythmic foundation of the Mega Man series. And I think she made a really good point. Maybe she established some of the melodic kind of ideas, but he was really the one to kind of establish some of those rocking, syncopated rhythms that exactly. would be so classic to the Mega Man series. And I think would be influential to video game music in general so let's move on to we have two more tracks today to talk about this is from ace combat 4 shattered skies this came out for the ps2 it is obviously a flying game let's take a listen to one of the final pieces of music in this game called megalith agnes die composed by tetsukazu nakanishi and hiroshi akobu Discovery that we made this week. This is from Ace Combat 4 Shattered Skies. This track is called Megalith Agnes Die. Really inventive uh, idea. The composition of this piece obviously is, I think, really solid. But the, the combination of a full choir, a real choir, mixed with um, fake string and brass sounds and a techno beat underneath it. I, I never would personally think of doing that, but I'm amazed with how effective it is here, you know? Yeah, it, it really uh, serves its purpose very well. I think the reason why the real choir and not the real orchestral instruments these samples are great and they fit well, but something about when you hear that real choir, mm -hmm. it validates in Everything your mind the orchestral else, yeah. instruments. It's like, well, it must be real. 
Um, yeah. And they do sound pretty damn good, but the thing is, the choir, you just can't replicate it. Yeah. You can't do it. You I know, know. Soyo Oka got pretty close in Pilot Wings, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, the, the human voice is the thing that we're the most familiar hearing. I mean, we yeah. hear people speak every single day. Some so people like, more than maybe we would like to. Yeah. Like you, like I'm so oh my sick of gosh, hearing your Will, damn voice. Will, Will, yeah, no, this this piece, I it was a really nice discovery. I, I, that's kind of like more than meets the eye. I mean, the, the the combination of the techno beat and the orchestral sounds, we've heard that before. It's not anything new, right. and I think a lot of times we kind of maybe, you know, poo poo that when we hear it in a lot of video games. For me, I feel like this is much more musically inventive right. than a lot of other games that use well, that because it's not techno in the sense of like. Like it, yeah. it's mainly like the samples have this sort of weird effects to it. Like I feel like you're getting actual drum samples, but they do interesting production effects to the drums to make them sort of techno-y. But they mm -hmm. also have a similar reverb to them that the orchestral instruments do. So they feel like they exist in the same world. Yeah, that's a very. It good doesn't point. feel like it's almost like it's not parodying it's or not satirizing. Fractured. Yeah, it doesn't feel music. like okay, I have these sounds over yeah. here, and then oh, randomly a drum. Exactly. Sound. Yeah. It's not trying to cut out and mm -hmm. be like now listen to a techno version of this orchestral song. You know, it mm -hmm. it integrates itself uh, very well into the music in a sort of modern way i mean you hear a lot of film music doing that where they incorporate synthesized instruments and if they're really able to make it feel at home in the world you're not really thinking about well this is an orchestral soundtrack it's just music to score the experience i'm really glad we got to feature a track from ace combat it's one of namco's uh, probably most prolific series obviously flying games there's there's so many of these ace combat games and it's cool we got to feature that. All right, last track of the day here, folks. This is from Super Princess Peach. Finally, Peach gets to take the spotlight in her own platforming game. This came out for the DS. Let's take a listen to Giddy Sky 1, composed by Akira Fujiwara. so much guys for joining us today for our episode on clouds and sky this was a really good time for us i was really pleased with the quality of this playlist i mean really some of the most classic soundtracks of all time also mixed with some obscure things but in general just a really nice mix of outstanding sky music hopefully you guys enjoyed it yeah absolutely it was really a blast to get to listen to all this different music you know one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is that every week we have a different theme and that essentially means that each week we're taking an entirely new perspective look on music you know mm -hmm. even if we play some of the same music every time we 
play it, we're approaching it from a little different of a perspective. And the biggest thing is context. Yeah. So much about why the scored music works is all about context. So to take a look at some of this music in a context that maybe we haven't featured it before, it's such a treat. Really nice. I mean, even Sky Chase Zone. Yeah, we've played it before, but now hearing Sky Chase Zone after Airman stage, after mm -hmm. Mario Sunshine Sky theme, well, it's in so the much fun. In in the context of thinking about it as a sky theme yes. and what it's doing compositionally to evoke that I think is something that's really nice because to sort of capture the quality of it and to do that piece justice and to do all of this music justice, you really, I mean, there's an infinite number of facets that you could break a piece down or break a song down mm -hmm. into. And at the end of the day, it's just like, does it resonate with you emotionally? I think mm -hmm. that's the big thing. But it is fun at the same time to sort of look at all this music and the different ways that we do. So we thank you for indulging our musical sweet tooth. And hopefully <laughs> you've had a good time listening to some of these kick-ass tunes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Next week, we're really excited. We're going to be having Show and Tell 8. That's going to be a blast. As always, we love those episodes. Look forward to that. Thanks so much, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm O Brueggemann. I got some work ahead of me this week. Okay, see you next week, you guys. Have a great week. Peace out. <laughs> Oh,